Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates, the podcast about dating. The podcast about dating. The authority. We're the only one. No one else is talking about this on the internet. No one Um, at all. Guys, we're here. We're back. We're thrilled you're here. We love you, etc. We (laughs) We have a great... (laughs) A very exciting guest on today. I'm just going to, you know, shout him out right now. We have an interview with Eddie Liu, and you may know him from Never Have I Ever. He plays Steve. Liza and I know him from... Days and days ago, years, that means years, where we were going to be actors. And we did a two-year acting program, out of which we did not act. And then immediately after, we were like, oh, it's hard. (laughs) So hard. (laughs) But Eddie has been crushing it. He's also going to be on Kung Fu, um, the series that is a remake of the original Kung Fu. And it will be on the CW. Um, We talk about when that production might even start, which is exciting. But... He is just a true gem. I don't really know how to explain it. Even so, Mindy Kaling has, you know, talked about how he's a gem and he's so good on the show. And we're doing Never Have I Ever on the Patreon. We're talking about it. So it's just, it was so fun to have him on. He's so good. He's the nicest person. He is like just crushing it. And yeah, it was, um, it was really fun. And we chatted about the show a lot. We talked about dating in LA. We talked about his worst first date. We talked about, uh, his dating, his biggest, best piece of dating advice. So do stick around. Do stick around. Um, and if you are new to the pod, because, you know, you found us through Eddie, uh, we are called 51 First Dates because once upon a blue moon, I embarked on 51 First Dates and talked about them nicely and anonymously on this podcast. Liza, am I doing okay? Am I explaining it okay? I'm crushing it. <laughs> I don't know why I decided today was a day we were going to explain it, but um, spoiler alert, I may have a person in my life now, but, you know, since then, my my brother embarked on some dates. Our new dater, a new dater, please, she's been around for a year probably now, but our dater, Olivia, has gone on dates. Obviously, it is quarantine, and we are talking about things that are not just love and dating, including what content we're watching each week. Ooh, we wanted to ask Eddie that. We forgot, but- Oh, we did forget. Dang, maybe we can- okay. Yeah. We talked about the content he's in, which is which probably is, better. Yeah, what you can watch. Yeah. <laughs> However, also, be just going off of that, we're also recapping Never Have I Ever on the Patreon. I think we're going to do like half a season in one Patreon episode and then half a season in another Patreon episode. But if you do not know, our Patreon uh, is we're directly do- donating our Patreon income to Feeding America to help fight food insecurity in America in these very tricky quarantine times. So... This is my hard pitch. It's such a hard pitch. You want to donate money? You can donate anyway. You can donate as little as like $5 and you will get our bonus episodes. You will make a donation and you can feel good about it. And you can hear us talk about Never Have I Ever, which is like such a good show. Great companion to this episode. Yes. And because we're matching your donations, if you feel strongly, we did raise money for a variety of causes um, around Black Lives Matter. If there's a cause around that or anything else that's more important to you, as long as it is not um, the campaign to reelect Donald Trump or something egregious, we we could match that too. I just like to say that in case you're like, for sure, you know, we're happy look, to, look donate. to donate your money elsewhere. Completely, we're happy to donate to, mon- to organizations um, fighting against white supremacy in all shapes, forms, and sizes. Uh, and also, you can email us. I'm just like, let's just do all of this. You can we're email us it. at Five One First Dates Pod. Follow us at Five One First Days Pod on Instagram, and you can DM us there. Reach out. We love hearing from you. Um, and that's the biz. Yeah. Share your worst first dates. Eddie yeah. will share his. They're not. They don't always have to be worst worst. He has kind of one like mine. It's like just not like normal, you know. Just like mm, I don't like yeah. that. Yeah, and we, you know, and sometimes worst dates, worst firsts are truly awful, horrible nightmares. So you don't, you know, just share share your experiences with us. We love them. We always ask before we read anything you send us in the pod. Um, but a really efficient way, if you are fine with that, you can just say that in the email. Join our secret Facebook group. Oh my! Oh my goodness. god! I forgot the. Se- <laughs> 
secret Facebook group, potentially the most important one. The best community on earth. Um, you know, I think we're just, you know, a great little community. We have not reached the size where it's like 4chan or adjacent. Well, first of all, we could not have people like that anyways. But no conspiracy theories, just love and dating. Everybody's nice. Everyone is cool. nice. Everyone is nice. I don't know how it's happened. It's, yeah. It's it because is, makes me thrilled to have the listeners we do. You yes. guys are obviously gems. Fucking gems across the board. All right. Well, Liza, before we get to our interview with Eddie, shall we consumption corner it? Yes. Is it content I mean, consumption corner? Is it? It's consumption corner. I think we've just been doing consumption okay. corner. Okay. <laughs> Let's add yeah. another C. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this week I am ch- plowing through Legendary. Oh, Liza, I'm so <laughs> glad to hear it. It's Do you love so it? Good. You can be honest if you don't I love it as much. I love it. I was it's just so good. It was like, this has Liza written all over it. It's also produced phenomenally. Beautifully. Day it's 13. So good. It, he like requests to watch it at night. And I think it's just, like not that he wouldn't be into it, but I just am obsessed that like, even if you don't know what ballroom is, like check out this show on HBO. It's Max. great. It's so good. Uh, I also have watched an enormous amount of Indian matchmaking, although I haven't finished it. Oh, Liza. Oh, my. It's so good. Can we just take a quick few minutes? Because we will absolutely have an episode on Indian matchmaking, and we are trying desperately to get someone from Indian matchmaking on the pod. Liza, what do you think? I'm obsessed. It's, It's just, like, such a good show. I mean... From the okay, the people they cast are fantastic. The main matchmaker Seema is just like built to have her own show. She is so like funny and real, but mm-hmm. she's not like it's not like she's Abby Lee Miller from Dance Moms, where she's like hamming it up. Like this is my show. Like it feels she feels like a real person. She's very natural, or whatever. She's just like great. I could just watch her all day, every day. She's. Uh, it's she's amazing, and so is every single person they cast on the show. Is like you, you want to know more about them. They found the most, like really, truly, deeply. I don't know. Some of them are so kind, and some of them are funny. Some of them are so interesting. Some of them, are, like everyone, I just am obsessed with. Yes, and I think you know, there's already a thread started about um, Indian matchmaking in our secret Facebook group. You know, also a plug there. Uh, but it's interesting the comments, like everyone, you know. And again, of course, you know, not being Indian, I can't relate to that aspect of matchmaking in that way, though I I did go on one date from a matchmaker, but definitely different. However, I think just watching people date on TV, this is why we talked about dating around or why I personally get really fascinated with dating around, even though some people think it's kind of boring. Um, I just I feel like watching especially the women like I see parts of myself in them as they date. Um I don't know. I just and a lot of the comments on the post in the secret Facebook group were like, oh, this is like what I'm seeing in it. And and then I'm also learning a lot like with Nadia. I had no idea about, you know, she's Indian, but she her family's in the U.S. from Guyana. And so that's a different, you know, there's a lot of other tensions and cultural tensions just, you know, that I'm learning about. And I just think the show's really really unique and yeah yeah I'm it's such a great you know view into this super different way of dating that we wouldn't have gotten you know as as American white women without the show it's like it's it's so anytime you can just get that like view obviously it is a show it's produced for tv and I'm sure there's like it's not doesn't cover everything doesn't take everything into account but I'm just loving being like, oh, this is a totally different way of dating. And we're still getting to watch people date, fall for each other, like realize they're not the right people for each other. Like we're getting to watch all of those things happen that we like watching on any dating, unscripted dating show. It's the reason we like dating around or even The Bachelor, even though that's way not real. Mm-hmm. It's like we're still getting to see all these moments happen that happen when you're dating. Of like, oh, do I like you? Oh, I think I like you. Oh, I don't like you. Oh, OK. Our parents are meeting like all of these yep. things. But it's just from this totally different um, – it's this totally different type of dating that we're not familiar with. It's just, like, so great to watch. And we were talking about this a little bit offline, and I, I won't go too far because we'll save it for, like, the Patreon. But I I am particularly – you know, I think matchmaking 
and matchmaking happens in all different cultures, but definitely Western U.S. dating culture. You're not thinking about a matchmaker. You're definitely not thinking of the potential to have an arranged marriage or get married to someone um, after, you know, your families meet a few times. And uh, we were talking about it offline and we don't have the data around it, but I don't know, like marriage is a weird, Liza, you said this, I'm so I'm stealing from you, but you were like, it's a weird business transaction no matter how it happens. And unfortunately it is like a lot of marriage and the history of marriage has to do with money. Um, And just, I don't see that there's any reason you can't have other ways of entering into marriages. Like, cause not all love marriages are great, you know, and you see yeah. all these older couples who are kind of like when Harry met Sally to camera interviews and they're oh my God, so I'm obsessed with them. Uh, and some of them, you know, met on their wedding day and, and they're just so sweet. I think they captured those so well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like we're so ro- we're so overly romantic about marriage in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And of course, but I, I just have never believed in the concept of soulmates like I think lots of people can be for you. And there I think it's there is something smart about being like, let's take some practical stuff into account. Like what type of like I was. Yeah. Offline, I was saying to Kimmy, like I'm I'm obsessed with how the matchmaker like walks around their homes and looks like how clean they are and like how nice of stuff they buy. Stuff like that where you're like, yeah, it's just like those things do matter and we can pretend they don't and that. Every life is a fucking Disney movie and you see catch someone's eye and then you're together forever. But it's like, that's just not it. <laughs> I know. And Liza, and again, we were we couldn't contain ourselves. So we were just talking about this offline. But to your point, a recent recommendation I had that I actually haven't really binged super hard Married at First Sight because I just discovered it. Um, well, I actually knew a lot about it, but I was just like, that's not for me. That sounds terrible, like garbage fires. And some of it is, but I love it. But anyway, I'm only a few episodes into that, even though I thought I'd be binging it because of Indian matchmaking, which is just like a much more, I think the lens is a lot more um, real and human uh, mm-hmm. compared to Married at First Sight. But but the thing I loved about the first episode of Married at First Sight was that these like matchmakers essentially, you know, in a very different way, these sexologists and psychologists are looking in people's fridges and I was obsessed with that like seeing how they live and then trying to pair them and then they have to you you watch to see if they make it work and I don't know I think there's something there like totally the current yeah just finding your one true love is not realistic or easy um I'm even thinking this is the first time I've really really been in love and I did a very formulaic like another version of arranging not arranging a marriage that's the wrong word but like setting myself up in a way um and I I just think yeah there's just yeah. a lot to think about it's not just like yeah oh and we and then he picks up my shoe from the floor blah blah yes you know. completely yeah <sighs> okay that was uh, a lot. but it's I'm so sorry. good no so I good. just I want everyone to watch it and I want to talk about it forever I <laughs> Same. It's so good. Same. I can't believe I finished it. I'm I so angry at myself. As, like, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go plop my ass on the couch and finish it tonight. Like, it's all I want. It's it's all just, I want yeah. I, like, wish I had count- counted the episodes, though, because I could have, like, saved some for myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's been the first real binge I've had in a while. Like, a binge in terms of, like, I'm watching this on nonstop because I can't get enough of it. Not like I'm watching this nonstop because I don't have anything to do. Like I've been watching a lot of like, you know, 90 Day Fiance because I'm like, I'm just going to watch another one because that's there's not anything else to do. Yeah. And, you know, not to this is not an ad and not to like and Netflix is doing just fine based on their latest, you know, reports, earnings reports without us. But I will. I don't care. They have such good. Yeah, they have like transformed unscripted romantic love related relationship related yeah. tv and it makes me kind of want to boycott the bachelor like for not re- like truly i will watch matt james you know but it's just like they're doing netflix is doing really cool things with this genre that i also am kind of new to being into unscripted like well that's not true i loved flavor of love back in the day but anyway i, I just i'm they're doing great Con- like unscripted content in general like this is very random but i i watched that show lennox hill which is about doctors oh, and yeah. i loved that show and, and it's a show that i was like 
I didn't even know why I started watching it. I started watching it because the preview started auto playing, and I was like, I'll watch this. Exactly what they wanted me yeah. to do. They have a great product and too. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I watched all of it. Like it's really, really well done and good. Yeah. Oh man, I, it, it started playing for me, and it was like bloody. I think I was on the Facetime with you actually, Liza. We were about to watch our yes. other Patreon rewatch that we did, which was not forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's just not that into you. And I was like, yes. oh, the blood. I can't. But I, I'll give it a go when I'm just like not in a morning No, mode. there's definitely like some surgery stuff that I was like, oh, yeah. Anyway. Wow. Netflix. That was an ad. Now will you please bring Seema onto the podcast or Nadia or Aparna? <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. Guys, that's the content. Uh, we will do we have anything else important to talk about or say no I'm just going to recommend because I forgot it last week and I, I was kind of faltering through my content consumption just really quickly if you haven't watched Z-Way she's an amazing comic comedian Um, she has a show on her Instagram live it, it is also a show that exists on YouTube called Baited and she interviews people like Allison Roman and Caroline Calloway and Jeremy O'Harris and Alyssa Milano this week, which was a train wreck. And she, so she's right, was a writer on Jesus and Miro. Just she went to Northwestern, Liza. I learned that this oh my week God, reading I didn't about know that. that because yet again, and yet an amazing, another amazing vulture piece um, by E. Alex Chung, who wrote the other two pieces we talked about last week about Candy Newton and um, Michaela Cole. Cole. Thank you. Just like, just like, oh, God bless. But anyway. She did, and I, unless I'm totally blanking, but I, I remember being like, Liza, and okay, just this show, it's, it's not about, you know, having a gotcha moment with anyone, it's asking people, like, the best way for me to explain it is, like, asking how many, can you name five black people to a white person who comes on the show, or are, you know, how many black friends do you have? She goes right to the point, and people come on knowing what they're going to get, and she just, She's also promoting, you know, there are two people on each show or on the show of late. Um, she's promoting other people's work as well, but it's really uncomfortable. But also she is fucking so like so smart, so bitingly hilarious at calling things out. And I'm honestly I think I'm you know, I'm learning because I would fucking fail miserably. Like I would not that it's about failing. Uh, I just watch it and you'll understand. It's very hard for me to explain, but it is brilliant. And she needs a late night show yesterday. I haven't watched yet. And I'm I, I will also add it to my my Sunday night uh, list because I feel like a lot of smart people are talking about her. I'm like, yeah. And they come out um, Thursdays uh, like watching them live um, on Instagram. And then you can see people's comments, too. I only did that for the last one. But. Um, cause it's tricky. I think it's eight. What? Yeah. Sorry. Not central. What was central? Uh, Eastern. But I just, Thursdays, 8 PM or just go on her Instagram we'll link and you can see that, um, on IGTV, she saves them. So I'm just really crushing hard. I'm like, this is this, I'm so, you know, I'm nothing like her could never be any of the things she is so funny, so smart, but I, it's like, oh, this is a brilliant, brilliant way to like educate and also entertain people as weird as that sounds yeah no i'm i am really really excited to watch also psych she went to northwestern um that's a fun nugget that i didn't know um all right that's content consumption that's a lot. we did yes, it we, did we nailed it, it. <laughs> uh we're gonna take a really quick ad break and then we'll be back with our interview with eddie lou Eddie, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to connect again, um, especially with all that's going on for you right now. Thank you very much for having me. This is a pleasure. No, it's such a throwback. So, you know, we'll probably have mentioned this when we record the intro, but we all met. What is it now? Like eight, ten like years a ago? casual ten years ago, <laughs> I think. A casual, a light ten years ago. A light ten years ago. A little bit insane. I don't like yeah. that I was an adult ten years ago. That hurts. <laughs> I was legally an adult, technically an adult. And I look back on how, who I was and what I was at the time. And to think that I was supposed to be an adult is sort of mind mind-boggling yeah that's a good distinction to make legally and <laughs> i was technically in it for, for yeah. all intents and purposes in the eyes of the government in yes. society yeah, i was supposed to, you know if i committed a crime i'd be tried as an adult yes but 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 mentally 
stunted in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. As, as we all came to find out in ourselves in acting school. Exactly. Oh, oh right. Yes. So, yeah. you know, we were all in acting school together and one of us is still acting and that's Eddie. <laughs> that's why you know him <laughs> from Never Have I Ever and other shows. But yeah, um, so many feelings at Esper Studio, man. Back in the day, I had so many feelings and they were not adult feelings all the time. They were quite baby adjacent. I'll say it was like but feelings, crushes, drama. That's great to recognize that, though, <laughs> yeah. because I think we had those. I don't know. I'll put in quotes, come to Jesus moments for, within ourselves where we can. Even just face that and have that revelation of like, oh, this matters to me or oh, this really doesn't matter to me. And that's what I loved about it. I was like. When I left that place, I was like, if I never act another day in my life, I am still really glad I did this. Because most people will never have that revelation ever. That totally. is, and that to me is sad. So real. Totally. I have totally I, switched sides of like not being on the creative side of the industry really anymore. But I am forever grateful for just the kind of the vulnerability that came from having those two years as well as many other things. But I don't know. It's just... I feel very grateful for those two years, having not acted another day really in my life. Yeah. yeah. It was like a f another form of therapy. I mean, also just my teacher at Esper was like, you need to go to therapy. It's really good. For you. So like without, without Esper, I wouldn't have met either of you guys gone to therapy. It's like a lot of things came out of that, but it's just yeah. It, like even at Esper, I was like, I don't think I want to be an actor or I wanted to, I knew I wanted to like write and do other stuff in addition, but, uh, the the whole process itself was so cool and obviously like everyone who went there is cool and gets it like that's why it's so fun to connect with you and see you just like blowing up dude it's so exciting oh, thank you very much yeah I, I and i you know on the on the subject of like oh i'm glad i did this because it brought me to this i think it's one of those things where we often kind of fall into this binary trap of like it has to be this or this and why can't more than one thing be simultaneously be, be true? So as, as awful as the reason is we're in quarantine, that doesn't mean like I haven't been able to take positives out of it and be like, oh, okay, these parts of my life are actually really good. I didn't realize that before. Like, that's okay to admit both. Of, yes, this is terrible. Yes, this is great. That's it, simultaneously. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And congratulations, because some really great things have happened during quarantine in terms for you in terms of. Never have I ever coming out and being such a hit and being so good also. Um, Thank I, you. Yeah, it's so good. You're so good. I I admit I was a little late on the train. I feel like get, like I just didn't start it, but everyone was buzzing about it, and I was still so impressed. You know when you watch something a little bit after the buzz, and you're, the buzz is still there, but you know, I was like, okay, everyone said this is so good. Will it still be great? And I thought it was fabulous. And oh, so I'm fun. so glad. Yeah, because yeah. there was a, there was a big wave of like I didn't realize this, but I had a lot of people reaching out to me and congratulating me and being just really nice and sending me nice messages. And some of what was said was my so and so mentioned this. My so and so at work talked about this. All these people in far off social bubbles. So not just people who knew me. Like, but people who had no idea who the hell I, like, who didn't have any connection. People didn't have a personal connection to the show. Like, if my cousin watched, I'd be like, all right, cool, it's my cousin. But, like, if their boss, who doesn't have any idea, like, there's no connection to being an Indian American. There's no connection to having a daughter in high school. Like, all that stuff. And yet, somehow, all of these people arrived at this thing to watch on Netflix. And that is, it, it's weird to conceive, and, to conceive that and fathom that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I, it's funny because okay, so I will cop to like I am not usually a fan of TV that is slightly skews for younger people. Like I have, like I have a ton of friends who are like my age, early thirties, who are like really into Riverdale, and, and I just have never quite gotten into it. Mm -hmm. uh, and my like adorable niece, who is a sophomore in high school and a full on like every Gen Z everything, was telling me about this show. And I it was like right when it came out. I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't put it together that that was like the show you were doing. And I was like, oh, like, I'll watch this because I try to watch the stuff she recommends to me because I want to be like her cool aunt. Uh, but I was like, I'm not <laughs> right, going right. to like it. And then I was like, oh, my God, I love this show. Like, it actually genuinely appeals to <laughs> Gen Z millennials her dad my brother who's Gen X was watching it with her I think like it's it's a very cool thing oh 
That's so cool. My um, my my stunt coordinator on Kung Fu was watching it, and uh, he is just to paint you a picture. Uh, I'll describe him visually to you because you don't know what he looks like. Um, his name is Brett. He is uh, about fifty, sub sub fifty, like just give or take a few years. Um, bald headed, dark skinned uh, Filipino Asian man, really like built like a brick shit house. Like this dude can <laughs> run through a wall, right? And he's a stunt coordinator, like. You know how badass stunt coordinators are to even yeah. just be a stunt man, let alone a, a stunt yeah. a stunt team, let alone a stunt coordinator. That's him, and he's he binged it with his wife like most of it in one morning, and he's like crying and laughing at the same time. And like just a picture of Brett loving this show and and feeling it the way that most of us did was just very heartwarming and kind of funny for me, just on a in a visual comedic comedic yeah. kind of standpoint. Not yeah, even knowing totally. him, I like that. I like that. Incredible. Visual. It's great. I love yeah. when strong men cry. That's one of my favorite things that love happens it. in the world. It's great. It's great. Really. Um, all right. We're going to talk more about the show, et cetera, but we, we skipped over our oh, yeah. our icebreaker question. As you can tell, ah. we're extremely casual about this whole thing. Um, <laughs> do you, we always start with this. Do you have a worst first date story? Um. I think I'm very fortunate that I don't have like a terrible one, but if you're objectively lining things up and comparing and contrasting things, uh, uh, something will be better than something else. So looking at the first dates I've had, I would say probably the worst one, which isn't even that bad. I went on a date with someone who I met on, uh, on Bumble. Uh, this was here in LA and we met at a boba place in, somewhere in K-Town. And we went up to the counter together to order our, to place our boba order. And I had asked the cashier, um, the person, the, the boba, the barista boba maker, um, <laughs> if there was, if there was a non-dairy option, cause I am for the most part lactose intolerant, like not like the most intolerant, but like I should, I avoid like straight milk if I can, you know, um, I'll go for like almond or anything else. Uh, shit. I'll take the processed sugar stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the the cashier is kind of like, no, we only have dairy options. I'm like, okay, so I'll get this one instead. And then they go off to do the thing. And my date was like, you're lactose intolerant? And like, kind of like had a follow-up remark that kind of made fun of me for it. Like, and, and she wasn't poking fun in a light way. Light way. It was kind of like, she was genuinely like, your, your system is weak. And I was like, is she <laughs> Like half the people we know, more, most people we know are lactose intolerant. So I just kind of feel like it was such a weird thing to tease me about or make me feel weird about. Yeah. Um, and like, I, and I, I wasn't like offended. I just thought it was odd. Especially as like a super first impression. It's like, let, yeah. me, let me poke fun at this person I don't know for a thing that's really common and also well, like really about his health. And it wasn't, and I was like, is she being sarcastic? Because if there's a light way to make fun of somebody for being like, whatever, I totally get it. I'm down with that kind of humor. But like, it, this wasn't that. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that at all. And then we, we proceeded to have the date and um, there was something very clinical about her brain in, when I was talking to, talking to her and getting to know her. And then she comes to reveal that, uh, that I am date number like three or four and she had, like that entire week, she had blocked out like double, like two dates per day, like two a days. Wow. Dang. Through Bumble. Oh and my God. I'm worried like, she's a listener. If, I know. <laughs> we we may have inspired her. Oh no. I, I, I don't think so. I'd be a little surprised. <laughs> okay. We're not that. I don't know. I, Cause I don't, I, I don't know what, her, I don't know what her taste is. I feel like, I don't, I feel like she probably doesn't listen to, I feel like she'd make fun of people listening to podcasts. How about that? <laughs> yes. You're, I, painting, I, I you're painting a good picture. I see it. Yeah. I think we like were you just. You listen to podcasts? yeah I and you're lactose intolerant yeah <laughs> yes a lot of people listen to podcasts yes a lot of people can't consume milk oh i don't my see God. the issue yeah so she said that she i was like date number three or so in a lineup of like six to seven or eight dates that entire week and i and i i, I just couldn't help but respect her efficiency and efficacy i just thought that was like shit you own that like you are not ashamed she wasn't like bashful about it she didn't like she wasn't awkward about it. I, you know, and I'm, I'm very adaptive in the sense of like, I kind of take on your energy sometimes and uh, she was cool about it. So I was kind of like, okay, all right, good for you. <laughs> Needless to say, that was not my third Bumble date of the week. I know, yeah. like even with this premise and this podcast, I was not 
I mean, I was being less transparent, so that's on me. But like, I wasn't going on that many dates. That's a lot of dates. Um, but also, I feel like it's a little weird. I don't. I have. I think there's nothing weird about being really. Uh, if if you're deciding that if you've decided like, hey, I'm ready to get serious about my dating life, and I'm gonna be really like organized and proactive about it. Like, fuck yeah, like I'm all about that. But I think it's a little weird to be so specific on a first date about how much you're dating. I think you can say like, oh yeah, I've been, you know, trying to go on a lot of dates and get yeah. out there. Like, I think you can, I don't I, to me, it just feels weird to put numbers on it when you could just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to take my dating life really actively right now. <laughs> like, do we need to I, list yeah. numbers? <laughs> I guess I, I, I would hope that she landed on, some date in that week where they were able to go on several and have like a string of and like have a nice little fling. I I, I hope that she met some guy who was cool with all that and they did click and, and then they could kind of laugh about like, oh, and maybe maybe the, I, I'm imagining that the guy was like, oh, this is my fifth date in a week. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You just need to find the person who is intense in the way you're intense and like chill in the way you're chill. Yeah. <laughs> or the opposite. Yeah. I don't know. It, it kind of seems like it almost doesn't matter what you do barring illegal activity and hurting people but like uh, it, it almost doesn't matter what you do as long as you find somebody who is compatible with that like somebody's gonna be cool with whatever the hell it is you're doing but you have to be ready to the to accept the fact that if you are if you have an obscure unique situation like i'm a serial bumble dater because i want to be efficient like you have to be ready to accept the fact that maybe a lot of people aren't cool with that so that's all yeah no it's yeah it's... I, I have no judgment I don't I don't I don't judge on that but like yeah I just thought it was fascinating it's definitely like a chin chin scratcher <laughs> like, oh, yeah okay like cool yeah 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 and if I were and I gathered that she was not very promiscuous sexually lots of active dating but but as far as engaging in the actual sexual activity physically like she seemed more based on the I do remember I don't remember the details of the conversation but I do remember thinking like Oh, okay. She, she's not quote unquote easy. Like whoever her dating partner is is going to have to put in work. So at least she's, you know, she sticks to, she has principles that she sticks to. So cool. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you said, Eddie, too, about, you know, the reminder to all of us that there is someone out there for everyone, no matter how you know specific you are of a person, but you also have to be willing, if you're going to be really hard-lined on some things or you're going to be kind of like negging someone else at the beginning of a date you have to be ready that not everyone's going to be down for that you know and yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. a parna on Indi are you guys watching indian dating <laughs> indian matchmaking sorry i just heard about this it's so good, it's so I, good. I heard it's nuts it's nuts it's great okay. i'm trying That's really hard to get about it either a parna or nadia on or anyone on but yes eddie i recommend <laughs> it i blew through it um Yes. It's a good it's a good like Quarren watch. Also kind of on uh, semi related. I love the idea of boba as a first date. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. that's a really smart like tone to strike of like we can go get a thing. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It can last as long as it wants to last, which can be long or short. Oh, you know, that just reminded me of something about that date that day. So we we got the boba. I think we must have sat there for like maybe an hour talking. And then she she was very respectful of my time and very like as weird as she might have seemed in a couple of offbeat moments. I mentioned that I was kind of hungry and I had to go back to work and I wouldn't have a chance to eat for like a while once I got back to work. And so we walked to this uh, Korean restaurant like right next door in the same uh, plaza. And um, so she wasn't hungry, but she was not weird at all or, or uncomfortable at all about watching me eat. And I was kind of like, I, I, I'm sorry, like I gotta, I just gotta get some food. So we get the food. I order like this, uh, this hot iron plate. Like you can't even touch the metal. Like it's steaming when it's served to you. And um, and she did this thing where the 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 server um, put down the utensils. It was like the chopsticks and wrapped in a napkin and something else and something else and like the sauces. And they the person didn't set it up for me. And this my date like took it and like placed it for me and kind of set it up for me and handed it to me. And I just thought that was so sweet. And I was like, it's like, she kind of took care of me for like a second mm -hmm. and it was so quick and so subtle. And I just remember feeling like, this is really nice of her. This is so sweet. That is yeah. very sweet. 
And she didn't like make anything of it. She just did it like. Uh, it's so funny like those little moments are so important on early dates like i feel like those are the moments like we always talk about like okay are people nice or is your date nice to the waiter to the bartender to the you know uber driver whatever but it's like little things like that show a lot i think yeah yeah so i mean i know we i categorize this as like my worst date ever but like completely benign like it was it was fine i i i hope i hope she's drinking dairy filled boba with her man right now <laughs> yes and if she's out there yeah we've when you know the whole worst first date is what we call this little icebreaker that we love doing and we've learned that like it gets tricky because there are some truly terrible dates that people have experienced yes. like in very bad yes. ways that you know when people are racist or even when people are assaulted um so we like we're very mindful so even then on the other hand when we because i never had a really atrocious date i feel very fortunate but you know eddie yeah we have a lot of worst first dates that aren't like the worst date ever it's just kind of like notable weirdness or whatever on it yeah and a lot of them are just like somebody gets too drunk that's that's like that was my worst first date is like me getting too drunk and i puked so oh, you no. know, I think that happens plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. You were um, in college, Liza. It's all yeah, <laughs> it was barely a date. I mean, in college, <laughs> it's not really a date. I think I don't think those count. Um, what do you? I mean, this is obviously this is a long debated topic on this podcast. But what do you think about dating in LA in general? Having you, you were from New York originally, mm-hmm. right? And like lived here yeah. for a while. Is it, did you find big differences when you moved out there? Hard for me to say because I never really sprung into action in in the New York dating scene. Like I was so focused on acting and like, like I didn't hook up with anybody in acting school. Like I was very like, first year I was very, um, I kind of drew that line in the sand just for myself. Cause I was like, I'm going through so much. I'm just a hot mess right now. Or at least maybe not like an outwardly noticeable hot mess, but like internally I was like, I'm too busy. I can't. I can't mess with that. And then like that, that's, I mean, I had a couple crushes on people, but like it never like went anywhere. And then like, so my dating life in New York was very just brief and just only a couple of instances, whatever. And then I get to LA and I hear people talk about how casual everyone is and how flaky everyone is. And then I start to hear stories from friends back home in the East Coast. I'm like, wait a second. It's really not that different from here and there. It's really kind of everywhere. And the only thing that would change that drastically is if you come from a place where the culture is very much very different. Like, say you come from a more conservative place where people are looking forward to settling down before the age of 25. And they're very serious about finding that long-term partner at a younger adult age. Here, that's not the case because time feels like a freaking construct here. Like, time and space do kind of affect your your permanent or your long-standing decisions more so and i think i think that has a lot to do with it so it's not so much that that people are different necessarily however there is a big part about why people are here to begin with and i think that personality sort of translates into how people behave in dating situations because the people who are who act the most erratic or whatever, like they're often transplants. They're not even. I often meet people who are legitimately from the Los Angeles County city area, and they're very nice, down to earth, not quote unquote crazy people. A lot of those, a lot of what we categorize as that, are a lot of out, from out of town. Mm-hmm. And Eddie, you are in a relationship now. Um, did you meet your I girlfriend am. in LA? I did. Okay. Uh, down the street from where I live through huh. Tinder. That's so lovely. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I ever would have met her had it not been for, for Tinder, actually. Because we didn't have any um, mutual social circles or whatever. I swear to God, Tinder is like a th- – like it. I, I feel like I know a lot of really successful Tinder couples. And it doesn't have that association. And it's an incorrect association. We gotta yeah, I the- think – it's like it's a it's a microcosm or or a reflection of life isn't it like it's not so much that the app is terrible it's just kind of like yes like in in real life if we had to sort sort through this many people people will be shitty crass crude rude 
crazy, whatever it is. Yeah. I love that you met her kind of in your neighborhood-ish, but without, like, especially in LA, you're not going to like even walk by each other on the street necessarily. So it's like- Because nobody walks in LA, how about that? (laughs) I I started quarantine, I've started going on walks. I had to, you know, and that's been nice. nice. But I always feel like I shouldn't be walking. I'm like, I feel like over here it's fine to walk. Over here it feels like this is for cars and I shouldn't be here, but- (laughs) My neighborhood is uh, like right where I live is is very nice and calm. And I've lived here for like almost six years and I've never gone jogging. And during quarantine, I've actually started jogging. I don't know who I am anymore. It's quarantine does weird things to you, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens. L.A. always makes me I one of my best friends from from forever lives in West Hollywood in a very walkable area. And I stay with him a lot when I'm in L.A. And. As soon as I get there, like, we'll go get our nails done a couple blocks away or whatever. And I'll just be like, can we take an Uber? <laughs> like, the second <laughs> I get to L.A., I'm so, I just, it, there's something about it. It's just, I, yeah, here I'll walk forever. And, right. You know, but, right. you know, that's again hot hot takes on la here that no one has ever heard before and they're very fresh and original um you heard it here first folks (laughs) crazy i'm just curious. okay so yes we will keep talking about dating but again i just feel like i'm like extra excited just because it was so cool you know people esper students have had great success across the board there's rami but like you eddie we knew well and I don't know. It's just been really exciting. How has your life changed since Never Have I Ever came out? Um, which this is kind of the biggest thing you've done yet. Or done so yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it certainly has. I, I, it, it's still difficult to process the, um, the enormity or like the, the, the size of the impact that the show has had. Like I'm still processing. I'm still learning because um, – I think part of it is because I haven't been able to leave home all that much and I stayed in and I, I'm only able to like look on cyberspace, people's reactions and like any, any thought of like, or the possibility of being quote unquote recognized in the street, whatever. Like I love the fact that I can wear a mask and like, how do I, how do I tread this line without sounding arrogant or braggadocious? Um, um, I, what I will say is that social media uh, uh, has blown up for me in, in a way that felt weird in the beginning. Um, and it took a little getting used to where it's like you're kind of relatively anonymous. Like I, I did, I've done things that people have seen and I've seen people write or post about me like complete strangers. And um, it made me feel a little objectified and a little uh, dehumanized. And um that's kind of what you get for removing your clothing on screen. So, uh, you know, I, I was very cognizant of uh, the fact that, um, oh, the feelings that I have right now, um, I'm talking about something I did years ago. Uh, the feelings that I have right now, uh, that's often how women are treated. Um, the way that people are, ta- are attempting to c- contact me and communicate with me online um, made, it was, a, it was very glaring to me in, in a sense of like, oh, I, I, I got to make sure I don't, come off that in a way that I'm dehumanizing or objectifying, especially women online, because you knew, knew I, so I got a, a, just a tiny taste of, of how it feels to be treated that way. And so I'm very grateful for that lesson because I can take that with me and make sure that I don't, that I can do my best and not try to per- perpetuate that, you know? And um, that was more from like being eyed in a sexual way on, on, on screen. Um, I think it's, it's very, it's very interesting to me, the phenomena of like the way a viewer or a fan views a celebrity or an actor or performer. Once I see you on a screen, I am entitled to talk to you this way or view the, you this way or speak about you this way, just because you're on a thing. And it's as if you signed on the deadline saying, yes, you are entitled to treat me this way. And I thought that was, I noticed that a, a little while back. Uh, and, and like and I'm talking about criticisms, or even whether the fan thinks that they love someone, whether the fan thinks they hate someone, um, you know. And so the uh, just a lot of lessons uh, uh, being thrown my way with the advent of, of uh, you know doing something that people are, are watching um, was a big learning experience for me, you know, because people like like my following blew up 
which is very nice. And a lot of people wrote, wrote a lot of really nice stuff, but, but I was just very um, cognizant of like, okay, like you have to, a lot of things to keep in mind here going forward. Like Eddie, be smart about this. Be careful, manage your stresses, manage your anxieties, manage your whatever. Um, Cause people are watching whether you like it or not all the time. Yeah. That like, Again, yeah, I'm like, it's so exciting, but I'm sure for you, like the little things we've done on the internet and when you get feedback of any kind, it's always tricky, like to your, like when it scales as it has for you followings, that's, yeah, there's definitely, that's hard as much as it's certainly exciting. I don't want to say, oh, that sucks for yeah, you, yeah. but like, I, I can yeah. imagine it's very complicated, um, especially it's, it's layered. Yeah. And you know, you're yeah. on this show on Netflix. I feel like they did a pretty big global push with this show too. I could be wrong. Do you, do you feel like it's like, do you, are you having people or maybe at least just Netflix is a global platform. Are you having like people from across the world following you now too? I don't know. I'm just, yeah. Really cool. Okay. So I, I, my, 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 my previous, uh, uh, monologue that I just spoke of a moment ago sounded maybe a little less less positive um and and i want to be clear here um <laughs> i am super super appreciative uh, appreciative of of the huge immense passion that that the fans have had throughout the world and to answer your question um so i turned my my, my instagram into a business account page and like you can look at analytics and stuff like that and what i noticed was um i have a huge followership from brazil oh cool Hmm. which I, I didn't, I didn't expect like Brazil loves the show. So I, I don't speak Portuguese, but to anybody who is Brazilian and or speaks Portuguese and listening, like, thank you very, very much. It's very, uh, very uh, uh, humbling. And uh, it's very cool. I, that's cool. I love that. They love the show. Yeah. Um, okay. Like Brazil, I would have expected Asia mm -hmm. just because I'm Asian for those who don't know what I look like. Um, <laughs> and and uh, there's a huge uh, South Asian following too, like India, like that, that, you know that that region um and they they responded so well to it thankfully um so on a, and and then we saw these stats uh a couple weeks after the show came out and we were number one in a lot of places around the world and um there were, i saw a lot of screen caps where my trey who plays davy the lead her it's her face on the poster duking it out like not duking it out swapping back and forth on and off between as number one and number two where Chris Hemsworth's Extraction on Netflix. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! <laughs> so cool. And I'm just like in my in my mind, I'm like, this is nuts to see my Chai, this kid from Mississauga, um, uh, uh, Canada. No, no legitimate acting work prior to this, and her face next to Chris freaking Hemsworth, one and two, around the world in the top ten as as, as far as uh, most viewed. Uh, programs on Netflix. So crazy. And she's so good. It's crazy. She's great. She's... And didn't it what, not I was going to say crowdsource. That's not right. But didn't Mindy Kaling like seek out someone who wasn't an actor for the role? Am I correct in that? Yeah, yeah. she put out a a, a public open uh, right. uh, breakdown right. uh, looking for she wanted a fresh face. Yeah, she did that for both uh, the role of Davy and the role of Kamala, the cousin. So oh, I didn't realize that. Very. So cool. they both both actors. Uh, uh, that had to duke it out, not duke it out, like they, they auditioned against thousands of submissions. Right, right. And, 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 then, and then through the masses came Maitre and Richa. It's so cool. So it's cool. so cool to see a person playing a high schooler who like looks like a high school. I mean, I know, I know she's like 18 or 19 now, but she looks like yeah. it, it's, I feel like every high school TV show ever has like 24 year olds playing high schoolers. And it's... That's my, that's what I grew up newing like yeah maybe not saved by the bell i think they look like they were in their 20s but a lot of other yeah. shows that i watched uh california dreams was was that one was that yeah. uh, a saved by the bell competitor type show yes completely it was fully off brand saved by the bell like i'm like y'all are 30 yeah <laughs> i was a kid and i was like y'all are grown-ass people i fully i watched dawson's creek and all the men all of the men in that show who were playing high school boys were like full on like stubble like strong cut jaws like it just unrealistic expectations i was in middle school at the time yeah i once <laughs> saw uh there was a clip i think it was a california dreams or another show similar to that and a, a character who uh i don't know i guess he was like the weasel he was a bit like screech but a little bit more of like a pr provocateur hmm. 
like not so lovable like Screech, but more like he kind of he's sarcastic and starts shit. But there's a, there's a I remember this, this distinct moment where something happens where he says something snarky. A female friend of his responds by like kind of like physically like just nudging him or shoving him a little bit because he's being dumb and then like picks up the bottom of his t-shirt and like lops it over his head uh and then you could see his like amazing washboard men's health magazine abs and i was like that's that's too advanced for like a kid right like a teenager doesn't have abs like that right Mm, yeah and i as a kid understood this (laughs) especially the character in those shows that was supposed to be like like not like he wasn't as much of a nerd but he was like a derpy guy Um, yeah you know like it's like right all right i'm a nerd and nerds aren't cut (laughs) yeah 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 and never have ever did find a lot of a lot of people who are actually just they just look younger yeah yeah and so i think i think the audience can really connect to that when when they can say oh not only just from like yeah from from across the board age gender uh, uh ethnicity and be like wow that looks like me and my tree like really looks like a high school because she did just finish high school. Yeah. It's so cool. Just obviously the representation in the show and also cool that I saw that Mindy Kaling has said such amazing things about you, Eddie. But then she was also talking about how like, yeah, all these shows were referencing from the past. You never saw an Asian jock, which is just like, like how, how did it take until 2020? So how does, yeah, I, I'm just so impressed with the show in terms of, as compared to what I watched when I was, you know, a high schooler, um, how has how has it been to be part of a show like that? And especially like kind of breaking stereotypes in your role, um, not stereotypes, breaking the lack of non-stereotypical casting, let's say. Yeah, uh, it, it, it may sound cliche, but it really is like a privilege, truly, uh, I, I feel it, with with quarantine and the way that the show rolled out during this time and then having booked uh, the other show i really and then getting to play a role like like steve and never have ever i really just it's a constant feeling of oh i found a a golden willy wonka ticket or like i feel like those aliens in a uh, toy story <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like the claw came down and chose me and i don't really know why and it, and it's come to be and uh I'm saying to my friends, like, "Hey, I'll we're gonna I'll, I'll see you. I'll, I'll see you soon. Just we're gonna we're gonna send the claw down, and mm-hmm. it's, it's very bizarre. But um, to to play a guy like Steve, I it's very cool because um, I I got this audition sides and I and I read it and I was like, this is funny. And I got to what I what I tried to do from the beginning of the arc of Steve to the end was just make him a little bit more weird and neurotic." Than, I, than what I saw on paper, and they gave me space to do that. But he, he's, he's a jock. He coaches a team in, in, of a college sports team. So, you know, there's that. But I, I wanted to just kind of make him a little weirder, like a, <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit more like, like me. He seems like a fun. real person rather than the cookie cutter. Like, yeah, Jock might be the – I think I was, like, borrowing from what Mindy Kaling was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, he, than- he's, he's absolutely yeah. a jock. But yeah, but I I think I tried to just be like, oh, if I can make it a little doofier, you did, maybe, you know, in yeah. a good way, like in a good way, like in a way where you're like, that's a real person, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> it's cool also because you got to like, obviously you're, you know, this show super representative, but I thought it was so cool that you also got to play this arc of like an intercultural relationship, which is such a tricky thing, and I don't feel like it's talked about that much on TV. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, and also just seeing an Asian man and a, and a brown woman, I don't think we ever see that. And we often, both in real life and in the media, we see, for example, an East Asian woman and a Caucasian man, like that's very common. And, you know, and then we see like black and white couples. Great. Um, but I don't think we see enough of the Asian male, brown skin female. And uh, so that feels like an opportunity where, along with so many other things that we've done that, that, that you've seen in the show, it's like, we're so proud that we can break down walls. And, but ultimately we, we all understand that the goal is to get to the point where we've, now that we've knocked on the wall, we, we don't want to have to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the wall we want to stay down. Yeah, totally. Ooh, I mean, yeah. speaking, I feel yeah, like, speaking of, yeah. 
walls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. No oh. walls. Don't get yeah, started. Basically, no walls. That's, We're uh, throwing yeah, them in the record. garbage. Yeah. We'll yeah. all, it'll all be a studio apartment. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't a know. Guys, space, it's so hot uh, here. My brain really 2020. Oh, no. <laughs> there oh, we no. go. <laughs> studio apartments for everyone. That's my yeah, slogan, go. my presidential slogan. Yeah. Um, okay. Last thing I want to just ask generally about the show is I feel yeah. like, okay, so Kimmy and I have been discussing this just like maybe on the podcast or maybe just in friendship <laughs> conversations, but I feel like high school like the people you happen to date in high school and your high school dating experience marks you for like at least the next 10 years of your life like I feel like high school dating kind of like is an imprint on your soul and then it like carries forward obviously like you don't play a high schooler in this show but I feel like the the reason the show is so fucking like gets to you gets to your heart is because of that like extreme vulnerability that we all feel because of someone either being like nice or mean to us that we liked in high school um do you have like i i have no idea some of our, our i would say our listeners are skew a little bit younger do you have this is a long intro to be like do you have a great piece of dating advice or a dating lesson or like a dating mantra that you feel and believe in that you can dish out to people who are still in that recovery period recovery period of having broken up with someone or or, or just getting over someone who you either like no i worded be that with. i worded that so badly and so longly uh just oh no i think i think i get <laughs> most of what you're saying i think i follow here no I, just like in the period of of like coming into yourself as a dater like again because i think a lot of our listeners are kind of like 18 to 23 ish which yeah. i still think you are like fully figuring out how you're going to be in the world romantically how you're going to date Completely. what you want what you like whatever so as like a oh you know person who's who's uh smart and wise uh do you have like a, a, a piece of dating advice or a dating lesson that you feel strongly about yeah um i think when and i've i felt this so hard when i was a kid um the the idea that that my feelings were would be forever the the passion that i felt in my crush towards someone especially or, or whether they felt it back or not and in my case most I, I I often I have a tendency had a tendency to have crushes on people who just never felt that way about me. That's just my track record. Like, and so I I became a little bit of a hopeless romantic in a way where I I'd, I'd often find myself in moments of like, God, how will this feeling ever go away? I want it to stop. And and. I think when it comes to dating and relationships, short of uh, of abuse of trauma, that needs to be dealt with. You got to deal with that, and you need to reach out to people for help in dealing with that situation. But but short of that, that aside, um, I think I think Jay Shetty just must, must have posted something about that. We often think of meant to be as forever, is what he said. And meant to be, what if meant to be is not forever? What if it's simply I was meant to be with you to learn something, to learn something about myself, to grow in a way. So whether this lasts for a short amount of time or a long amount of time, just be open to the fact that everything ends eventually in some form or another. So honor yourself and, and love yourself in a way that includes asking yourself what lesson or what you were meant to learn from this. And you're not going to solve that right away. That's really okay. Because if you're young, if you're like under the age of like 21 right now, and, 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 you're, and you're growing and you're loving and you're hurting, like just know that the three, the three adults, the alleged adults that are speaking right now, like are still figuring a lot of shit out ourselves. And I promise that you're going to be okay. It, even just know that it doesn't have to feel like that right now, but you're going to feel okay soon. And then you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be like, huh, remember that idiot I had a crush on? Why did I ever let so-and-so take over my life like that? Yeah. And that happens. And that's okay. I mean, that's – I'm so in the same boat with just, like, crush after crush after crush of, like, they are not interested. 
Yeah, that my but, whole high school. Sorry to yeah. jump right in, but I agreed. Um, high school for me was like crushes that were never liking me back. Like, yeah. it, and like to Eddie, your point about like what's meant to be. I still think that was very. It was something to overcome on my own, but like there was a sense of independence that I always had from there onward. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I found that I, I through my twenties, uh, going to my thirties, I, I was, I got really good at being independent and being okay with being on my own, and I needed to learn that for myself. So that by the time I did land in a relationship, I had not everything figured out, but I had enough of myself figured out up until that point where. I could now be okay with someone else. So, I mean, I remember having friends in high school who I always saw who perpetually had had been in relationships. There was one there was one girl in our group who always had a boyfriend, no matter what. It was just like year after year. If it wasn't one toxic, problematic dude who we had heard heard about for years and years and years, until the one summer that we did meet him, we 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 came face we all us guys came face to face, and we were all like this motherfucker like we had heard about him enough to the point that like we're gonna keep we had to we kind of steeled ourselves like s-t-e-e-l we steeled ourselves for a possible confrontation because he knew that he he, he had a jealousy issue and um and there was no issue that night this we're talking about the very end of high school here there was no issue that night but then like either hours later or days later that dude was kicked out of the home well, one of the other friends who uh, one of the female friends in our group came in like mama bear and like screamed this dude out of the house because he was just so toxic. Um, and I think anyway, that was a long, that was just an anecdote to saying like, I, I think that it's really healthy to learn how to be okay with being on your own. Yeah. Uh, however that, however that looks, um, you know, and you're not less worthy because you don't have a boyfriend. You're not less worthy because you don't have a, a, a girlfriend. Like it's, I, I, I gained independence in my in my adulthood. I thought I would gain it in college and in my early twenties, and that didn't come until later. Because yeah. I'm a late bloomer. Yeah. That's just I I, t- I things I'm very slow in the uptake in a lot of ways. <laughs> I feel. I mean, disagree about disagree you. With you yes, but I, mean, <laughs> but I've always I also like think like yeah, I feel like taking time. Whatever, it's so hard. It's like taking time for yourself or being single. I think really does set you up for more happiness later like I think you are laying the it's like flossing right like I'm saying this as someone who like whose teeth kind of suck and I have to get all this shit done whatever and I floss flossing (laughs) with I'm kidding I know what flossing is (laughs) well I I have to qualify I don't ever do it because of the dance move that is so current and of the moment guys I know flossing (laughs) I know flossing is over my niece and nephew have told me do you do that Um, on tiktok exactly yeah correct you (laughs) you know all about tiktok yeah Uh uh but like, I feel like it's a similar thing. It's like flossing and wearing sunscreen. It's like, just fucking do it. <laughs> because like, you you don't know yes. now, but when you're having to get a shitload of cavities filled or like scary things cut off of you, I've had issues with both of these things. Then you're I like, thought root canal was for people with 401ks only and, and families and, and, and mortgages, yeah. but I had one a couple of years ago. And it's not the worst Dude. thing I ever had in my life, but I'd rather yeah. not get it. I'm getting my second one on Wednesday. That's why this is top of mind. And I'm like, it's truly, I'm like, I'm too young for this, but it, it happens. But it's, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. I feel like it's true. It's, it's not dissimilar, whatever. I, I think being single for a good chunk of time, similar to flossing is annoying <laughs> or it can feel really annoying, but yeah, it's so yeah. setting you up for like being able to be so much happier in a relationship and less, um, hold on to things that are bad for you less i found that along with the crushes that i had that were unrequited in 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 my affection for them uh uh i think i was often obsessed with or infatuated with the idea of something rather than the thing that itself rather rather than the thing itself i would look at someone's face and just be like wow she's so pretty she would she's she's nice and she she seems to have this sense of humor and all of a sudden, you know, our, our brains start to roll 60 miles per hour. And totally. um, we, we project so much of our, our desires and our expectations onto the person who doesn't even know you that well. And then all of a sudden they're letting you down when they don't return the, the feeling of infatuation. Yeah. And then we let that hurt us. And it's, it's like, I got, I had to, for, 
a little bit, I had to take some work and, and kind of be like, all right, what, what's this idea that I'm infatuated with rather than the person? Yeah, yeah. such a good point. Totally. I, I, again, fell into very similar patterns. And then it would really be like that projecting would become the mark or the measurement for my own self-worth as, you know, cheesy as it sounds. But genuinely, I was kind of measuring if I was worthy of love ever based on like people who I had created a whole story, a narrative about who weren't really a good mark for me to be judging on. Yeah. yeah. And then fast forward a few years, you look at that person again, you're like, why did I ever think that about that yeah, person? Yeah, which is the sweet spot. Like we've all, no uh, matter how young you are, you, you are, you've had one crush. I've, if you're old enough to listen to this podcast, you've had one crush where you looked right. back and you're like, excuse me, to yourself. So remember that that will continue to happen. That is the, the silver lining. I feel like it's like getting yeah. a bad tattoo, you know, like, or, you know, when I, I don't have any tattoos and this isn't, I like tattoos in general, but I feel like sometimes people get a tattoo when they're 18 and then when they're 25, they're like, I don't know oh, why yeah. I got this fucking <laughs> tattoo. Like, that's how I feel about my crushes is <laughs> I'm like, it was a mark of something I liked at that time and a person I thought I was. And now I'm like, why? Right. And what we can hope is that, that, that the tattoo, we'll just say the tattoo represents a, a story and a period of growth and a chapter in your life that, that you learn something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we can, we can hope for that. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Totally. Yeah. But, uh, but the, there might be a point where you have to just laser that shit off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. Go to the goddamn you, doctor. You'll, you'll find out. Yeah. You'll, you'll find out which tattoos need to be lasered off. Yeah. 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 For yeah. Sure. sure. You'll figure it out. Look at um, that. On that incredible note, <laughs> Eddie, <laughs> thank you so much for chatting with us. This has been so fun. Um, oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank Will you, you tell so much. Our listeners, where to find you on social if they don't already follow you, which they probably do. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, I'm uh, on uh, I'm Eddie Lou Who, uh, like like the Seuss character, um, on on the socials. Awesome, yeah. and yeah. we'll link it all below. And uh, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Yes, we love you, Eddie. Thank you so much. And we're, I'm so excited for everything else that comes in your future for Kung Fu when that happens. Yeah. Soon, yeah. Soon. Hope, uh, I think we're going uh, sometime uh, in the fall. We don't. Oh, awesome. have, we, we they threw out a date, and then I think things some things need to get uh, ironed out, yep. especially in terms of safety protocol yep. and all that stuff. Because there's going to be a lot of new stuff to adapt to to make sure that everyone can work safely and stay healthy and hopefully no one gets killed on the job. Yeah. Not even just COVID, but like, you know, yeah, uh, that's other true. stuff too. Yeah. Kick to the yeah. head. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, shooting a, uh, um, an action drama with some romance is going to be a, a very interesting thing in the, age of, uh, in, the, in the age of the pandemic. Yeah. And so we're going to iron all that out and uh, we're, we're very excited for that. And I, I, I hope you guys, I hope everybody uh, follows that journey when that comes out sometime in 2021. Awesome. For sure. So exciting. Oh, Eddie, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you, ladies.